Howdy, everyone. This is a five-minute crypto daily update for the weekend of April 15th and 16th. As of this recording, Bitcoin is flat around $30,300 on CoinGecko. ETH is $2,091. And in the last week, the big winners, some of the better-known names are Solana, which is up 21%. In the last seven days, Arbitrum's up 38%, and Cosmos Atom is up 16%. So what's going on in crypto land? Uh, we're starting off with a news item from the former Galoi Capital founder, Kevin Zhou. Galoi, if you remember, was a crypto fund that bet big and correctly on Luna Terra's fall back in March 2022. Um, and they shared all of the details around their trade. I think at the peak, the fund had something like $200 million in assets. But unfortunately, they kept a large chunk of it. Um, estimates of around 40 to 50 million on FTX, which was stuck uh, after FTX collapsed. Um, and I think they shared that they sold their FTX claims for something like 16 cents on the dollar. It's been five days since Ethereum's Chappella upgrade went live, which enabled staked ETH withdrawals. Since that time, almost 6,000 validators have completely unstaked uh, their ETH which is about 1% of the entire validator network. I think it's something around 500 to 600,000 total validators for ETH2. This has processed about 300,000 ETH in withdrawals, which is worth a bit over 600 million US dollars. And in terms of total ETH staked, which incorporates both the withdrawals as well as new ETH that's been staked, um, total ETH staked has fallen a little less than 1% in that time. Sweden is ending tax incentives for data centers in July, just two months from now, uh, three months from now. And this will be a big hit to Bitcoin miners because the tax on energy will increase 60x. So that brings the average energy costs uh, to about nine cents a kilowatt hour. According to Coindesk, in 2017, Sweden enacted a 98% tax cut for data centers looking to attract businesses. Four years later, the industry hasn't created the jobs the country was hoping for, and the macroeconomic environment has changed. So what's crypto Twitter talking about? Uh, one, there's a really good thread on Warren Buffett's interview from B. Kellner, and of course all of these links will be in the show notes. And some takeaways from that interview... Buffett is very bullish on Japanese equities. It's the second biggest country in terms of the dollars he's deployed after the U.S. He really admires Jay Powell and the job he's doing, but would never take that job himself. And one key quote, we're not through with bank failures, but we're through the depositor. Depositors haven't had a crisis. The owners of banks may have lost a hell of a lot of money. There's also a, a really interesting tweet going around which shows an email that Steve Jobs sent himself from his iPad. And it's really interesting. Just a few few quotes from it. He says, you know, I speak a language I did not invent or refine. I did not invent the transistor, the microprocessor, object-oriented programming, or most of the technology I work with. I love and admire my species, living and dead, and I'm totally dependent on them for my life and well-being. And finally, we have a great thread on commercial real estate, which a lot of people think is kind of a crisis point. It could be an area where there's there's a lot more financial system stress after the bank failures. And this tweet is from Fabius Mercurius, aka Ming Zhao. And just some takeaways from her tweets. She says, CRE, that's commercial real estate, debt investors today are highly concentrated. Small banks hold 80% of CRE loans worth $2.3 trillion dollars. 
and 10% of banks have larger unrecognized losses than those at Silicon Valley Bank. Finally, just to round out with a few recommended reads, some are crypto-related, some aren't. Uh, one is a really great Ribbon Farm article from author Sarah Perry on conspiracy theories. To quote, I have argued that conspiracy theories can have aesthetic value, are sources of creative engagement, and can even be epistemically beneficial, but they are clearly not the height of human achievement. They are, ideally, playgrounds, or perhaps stepping stones to the creation of new, interesting, true theories about reality. And finally, finally, we have a Pirate Wires piece from the inimitable Nick Carter on crypto banking seizures. He says, most worryingly, the takedowns of Silvergate and Signature represent a rank lawlessness associated with authoritarian regimes. In a lawful society, solvent banks are not seized by the government simply because their clientele is politically disfavored. Shareholders in Signature had $4.3 billion in equity, $22 billion at the peak, wiped out with no recourse. This is a confiscation that you might expect from the CCP, not NYDFS. The U.S. has already put the world on notice by weaponizing the treasury market with their seizure of Russian reserves. All right, so that's it for today. That was about five and a half minutes long. All the links and most of the notes are going to be in the show notes. And you can follow at 2DGensPod on Twitter and subscribe for more daily updates. I'll try to do them every day, except when it's super rainy and I'm feeling extra sad. And lastly, we'll have a couple of clips from great podcasts. One is from Bankless, Tim Biko, explaining how they came up with Chappella and the naming conventions for Ethereum upgrades. And we'll have Ter Demeester describing the Fiat Ponzi. Um, so right now, the set of changes on the consensus layer side is called Capella. They use stars to do those changes. On the execution layer side, it's called Shanghai because we use the DEFCON city names in order. Um, but then most people like don't want to know that like Shanghai and Capella are the two sets of changes. Um, and so Proto from Optimism have the idea that we should just merge the names together. Uh, it gets us a new name, so Chappella in this case. Um, and this is kind of neat because if you have a weird funky name, you can know it's like an upgrade on both sides, but then say that like we just changed something on the beacon chain, we can just use a star. If we just change something on the execution layer, we can just use a DEFCON city. Um, so we can, you know, we can call this Chappella because it's like the, the sum of the two upgrades. And then the next one, you know, it'll be Cancun and Deneb. So we can call it Dancun. And no one has to know about Cancun or Deneb. Um, so Chappella, Dancun, <laughs> and we'll keep going from there. And uh, and then the way things were administered, especially if you go forward with the IMF and the BIS, and, you know, those were just, you know, additional mechanisms to try and, uh, control this this um, this monster that they were creating, which at the time they thought it was a great thing. You know, I mean that's probably how all monsters get started. They're you know cute little babies, and so I think the way I interpret things now is just like there's just people, and it's a generational thing by now. Like their families, their whatever the the elite school they went to have totally bought into this consensus paradigm, like. No, and we see it in, in the crypto space as well, like social consensus, this like magical thing that it's true. Like theoretically, consensus is a valid way to avoid conflict. We sit together, we work it out, and then we we have a uniform way of communicating it and implementing it. So, so from that point of view, I don't think these people are evil. I think they just 
kind of think that this is this is all we got. And so we just have to, and if it means we're going to lie to the public, if that allows us to kind of maintain consensus, that's what we got to do. 